Hey, we're starting a new series today called Lost and Found. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 15 and 16 for the next few weeks. And uh, we're calling it this because in chapter 15, there's a lot of stories of things getting lost and being found. And uh, if you read through Luke 15 before, you might be familiar with these stories. But we're going to be looking at them with a fresh new perspective, with fresh eyes. So if you haven't read this, these stories before, that's okay because you'll be starting at the same spot that everybody else is going to be starting from. So before we jump into Luke chapter 15, I want to share with you what happened in 14 so you know what's happening when we get into the story. In 14, Jesus is having a banquet with a bunch of rich people, with a bunch of people with uh, good reputations, uh, these religious rulers. So somebody at the banquet leans over to Jesus and says, Hey Jesus, look at all the people here. Look at the food. This is heaven on earth. Now Jesus, he takes offense to this because he knows that these people built their reputations and their riches on the people they neglected, the people who are on the outside of the banquet. So basically Jesus says, the heaven on earth, that's out there, not here. And he leaves the banquet. And that's where we pick up on Luke chapter 15. So this is how verse 1 begins. Now the tax collectors and sinners, those are the people who were neglected, were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered. They weren't happy with Jesus doing this. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now eating with sinners, eating with people, that was a way of saying these are people I'm going to associate myself with. So in the eyes of the Pharisees, these religious rulers, they're saying, Jesus, you just made the worst decision of your life. And this leads Jesus into story mode, which I love. Okay, so this is how he starts. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Now let's stop right here because I know a lot of you are familiar with this story. You know how it ends. Have you ever asked yourself, what did Jesus do with the 99 sheep? I mean, did he just lock them up in a pen and said, okay, I'll see you guys later. I have to go and find that lost sheep. Well, if you look at the text carefully, it tells you exactly what he did with the 99. This word right here, leave. Now, for those of you who don't know, this text was written 2000 years ago in an ancient language in Greece. And so there's a lot of things that get lost in translation, but this word leave right here could also mean abandonment. It could mean neglecting. It could also mean to forsake. When Jesus tells a story, what he's saying is he's going to leave these 99 sheep out to dry and even die for the sake of finding this one sheep. Now, if you were to ask any professional shepherd, hey, is this a wise choice that this shepherd made? He'll probably say, no, why would you forsake 99 sheep for the sake of one? And not only that, if this sheep is astray, what value does he have? So there must be something else going on in this text, and there is. And for us to figure that out, we have to first assess who Jesus is telling this parable to. Jesus is talking to religious people. These people know the Old Testament forwards and backwards, and so does Jesus. And so when Jesus talks about losing a sheep, and then a shepherd that goes out to find it, the religious rulers know exactly what Jesus is referring to. They know that Jesus is referring to Ezekiel chapter 34. So let's take a look at that. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself, I is God in this case, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. So again, this is the heart of God saying, I'm like a shepherd who's looking out for all my scattered sheep. It says, I will search for the lost 
and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. Can you see how when Jesus is talking about the lost sheep, that the imagination of these people who knew the Old Testament would go straight to this story? That's what Jesus was trying to do. Now, pay attention to the very next verse because this is the part that I want you to focus on. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. So let, let's, let's draw a little diagram here. So we have these sheep that are all around Israel. And apparently they're all lost. And here God says, I'm going to go out there and find all my sheep. But there's going to be a few sheep in there that I'm going to destroy. What is he talking about here? Let's move on. Is it not good enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddied with your feet? So apparently there are nice fattened sheep here who's eating all the food that God's provided them. But somewhere along the line, some sheep started drinking all the water and all the food while the others remain hungry. And so God is saying, why is it that some of my sheep are making it hard for the other sheep to survive? So basically they're drawing this line in between them. And so in verse 20, this is what God says. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you, the fat sheep, will flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. Do you see that right there? It says that some of the sheep has caused the leaner sheep to go astray. So in Luke 15, when Jesus is telling the story of the lost sheep, he's giving a hint and a nudge to Ezekiel 34. He's basically saying this, the 99 sheep are well fed and they're drinking clear water. And there's one sheep that's gone astray. That's what it looks like from the outside. But between them two, they know exactly what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, you religious leaders are the 99 sheep. You guys are the fattened sheep. You have caused that one sheep to go astray. So let's continue with the story. It says, and when he finds it, the lost sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Now notice he says home. He doesn't say take him back to the 99. He says home. He doesn't even take him to the sheep pen. He takes him home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner, he's referring to the lost sheep, who repents than over 99 righteous persons, he's talking about the religious people, who do not need to repent. Now this is where it gets really interesting. Jesus is talking about a progression. He's talking about how in, in the very beginning, when the shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the one lost sheep, everybody is a critic. Everybody's saying, why would he do that? In the same way, these religious leaders, they're saying, why would Jesus hang out with the lost people? But as you know, the shepherd goes out, finds the lost sheep, brings the sheep back, and brings the sheep into his own home, calls his friends, and tells them the entire story. When he tells the story, everybody starts rejoicing with the shepherd. It's not until the end of the journey that the people who are criticizing are able to realize why the shepherd made that crazy choice. And then this leads to the second parable. It's called the lost coin. So this is how that story goes. Or suppose a woman had 10 silver coins and loses one. 
Now, don't you think it'd be a lot easier for Jesus to say, there was a woman who lost a coin, but he takes the time to say there was a woman who had 10 coins and lost one. Now on the surface level, these coins, these silver coins are worth a day's wage. So when somebody loses a day wage, you would think, uh, you still have nine days of wages in your pocket. Why are you looking for one? But in a deeper level, when Jesus says that it was a woman who lost a coin, the implication here is that this coin is probably her dowry. It was something that meant a lot to her, but not for other people. So when people are criticizing her of, why are you looking for that one coin? Why are you looking? It's only worth a day's wage. The woman would probably say, you're right. On the surface level, it's just worth a day's wage. But for me, it has special meaning. This is why the parable goes on and says, doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. So at the end of the story, after she finds that coin, she calls all her friends and says, This is my dowry coin that I lost. I'm so glad I found it. And once people realize the special value of that coin, not the surface level value, but the special value that only she sees, and she shares that information with everybody else, then everybody rejoices with her. And then Jesus ends the second parable the same way he ended the first one. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, if you look at these two parables together, you'll see there's a common theme. And the common theme is, while the surface level, while the people outside don't really see the value of the lost sheep or the lost coin, the owner sees the worth of that item. So I want to share with you three observations I made about these parables that's relevant to us today. The first one is this, no matter how the world sees you, no matter how little you feel, maybe because you applied for a job and you didn't get it and so you feel devalued or maybe you were just let go from a job and you feel like your worth is dwindling, God sees you differently. God sees you as a person with high value, that he will relentlessly pursue you no matter what. The second observation is this, no matter how much you get lost, no matter how much the coin got lost, no matter how far the sheep went astray, the shepherd and the woman still consider those objects theirs. The shepherd still says, no, that is still my sheep. There wasn't a point in the story where he says, you know, the sheep has been gone for 10 days. I guess he's not my sheep anymore. Or the woman didn't say, I can't find that coin. I guess that coin doesn't belong to me. No matter how far you stray away from God, God still wants you. He will still chase after you. And finally, some scholars have looked at this story and noticed that the first parable takes place outdoors and the second parable takes place indoors. And they took this as a sign to mean that some people could get lost being outside the faith, but people could still get lost inside the faith. Maybe you haven't prayed for years and you feel far, far from God. But for some of you, you pray every day, you read the Bible every day, you sing songs about God every day, but deep down inside, you still feel lost. And that's okay because God still wants you. He's still seeking after you, even if you're inside the church. So brothers and sisters, may God continue to chase after you, whether if you are in the church or outside the church. And may we be reminded that our worth comes from God and not from the circumstances around us. And may we experience heaven together. God bless you. I'll see you guys next week.